now for our feature presentation. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome out to the Black Russian Podcast. I am Tion Buku One. And I am Yula. And we are getting into episode five. But first, before we tell you what episode five is, in case you haven't been paying attention to any of the social media <laughs> we've been doing, uh, we did episode four, which was the sexploration episode. And uh, how did you feel about that? Yeah, we got it. We got it. We covered a lot of stuff, but you know, I mean, it was long. It was two and a half hours long. Yeah, we had guests. We did first have, time. We did that have was guests. fun. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, so that was cool. I mean, you know, you think with two and a half hours we'd have got everything in we could have possibly got in, but there seems to be more. There's always more. You know, we plan. We make this long list of notes and things and next thing you know like we have way more than we ever get a chance to cover but that's kind of how the virgo likes to do it i'd rather have way too much planning and be over prepared than be caught off guard so but now during the episode there was a a shukaduka i don't know what to call it well here's what happened in episode four so the Virgo prepared and the Gemini did the usual, like, oh, whatever, I'll wing it. And then I couldn't wing it. By the time we sat down to do it, I was way too tired and it just, I didn't have the mental energy to wing it my way. And then I ended up frustrated. It was all you. Ah, so did you hit a wall or something? Was there something, yes, a blockade just, in there? Yes, I couldn't even, like, my mind wanted to move it my way and it wasn't working okay so thus thus i was frustrated you were frustrated and episode five is the sexploration part two the revenge of the russian mm -hmm. so that's the name of this episode we're going back into it and she told me straight out this is her episode to lead she prepped and prepared for this whole thing i Fought myself to just stay back. I didn't take any notes. I didn't do any prep. So this is going to be where the Russian, the rabbit, leads. Here's what happens when I lead. Just like when I took over my staff meetings at work, they went from 50 minutes to 15. <laughs> Everyone's very happy. Everything gets done. In and out. Back to work, people. 
I hit my points. Everyone gets my points. Off we go. Yeah. So let's see how this works. So she's trying to say, get in, get out, because she's got whipped cream. She's got lube. She wants it in ways she can only think of and can't speak of tonight. So she's trying to get this, this thing over with. She's like, we got this hotel room. Hey, we got things we to got do, <laughs> man. I mean, it's not all about sitting around talking. Right. Okay, cool. Well, let's go ahead and get into our quotes and we'll, we'll get it cracking. Okay, so because I am feisty, two of my quotes I disagree with. <laughs> and the third one is just for fun. Okay. All right, do you want to go first? Sure. Since it's a sex episode, and I believe uh, sex should be fun and funny even, I'm a big fan of erotic <laughs> comedy. Um, I'm not sure about that. I know, but I'm sure about it. Okay. And you just, you know, if I'm good at what I do, you'll go along with anything. So it's all good. So uh, my first one is roses are red, violets are blue. I'm using my hand, but I'm thinking of you. Uh. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you're, your lover's far away and, you know, you're trying to stay out of trouble, not because you're not allowed to do other things, but there's nobody around high grade and you don't want to, like, you know, dip into the... It's so much easier. Yeah, you know. So and plus, I'm better, I'm better with my hand than any girl I've ever met. So if you think you're good out there at a hand job... I don't even try. <laughs> What's if you think point? you're good, <laughs> I think it's a waste of time. I would bet you that I'm better at making myself get where I need to go than you could. Yeah, I, I can't even see how that works. Yeah, so yours? All right, so here's one um, that I do not agree with. Women want to talk first, connect first, then have sex. For men, sex is the connection, sex is the man's language of intimacy. And that's why I disagree. That's where I disagree with Esther Perel. Why do you disagree? Because it is my language of intimacy. It I is. happen to be a woman. I far prefer connecting through sex than talk. This is true. By far. So I have to disagree here. All right. Mine is. I swear to you, I won't stop until your legs are shaking and the neighbors know my name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Ah, uh, yep. All right. Here's, Candyman. Okay, here's Candyman. another one okay. that I, not only I disagree with this quote, but I was telling Tion I recently was engaged in a... Um, Facebook argument in Russian, which was really hard for me because expressing myself in Russian was really super hard, but it was ridiculous. But it was something like this. Physical attractions are common and mental connections connection is rare. I call total bullshit. This to me totally degrades what physical attraction is and it makes it cheap and commonplace, which is totally not how it is. Right. I mean, I, I call me weird. Mental connection is, uh, I can connect mentally probably with more people than I can connect with physically. Right. So call bullshit. Bullies. Well, you know. The Russians pissed me off lo royally then. <laughs> it was the same thing. It's like they put intellect about, above physical attraction or physical connection. Yeah. 
It's maybe, so discounted. It's maybe they crazy. don't feel they're sexy. It's just not I, a, I don't know. Not, not I mean, I, I, all my Russian friends are going to have to chime in, but it's like intellect is, has so much more value than physical. It's insane. Yeah. I like them all. <laughs> you know, I do like them all. I do like them all. I prefer to have the good brain, the good sense of humor, and the great physical attraction. That makes things a lot better. But, yeah. So my last one is fuck her mind and her body will follow. No, I have to disagree with that. Oh, it's not just for you. Okay. Well, I'm also feisty. Yeah, and you're also sapiosexual which is a new term you never heard of until recently, but it applies to you. You are turned on by intellect. Yep. And, you know, like you usually don't get turned on to somebody physically unless there's an intellectual part. So if I can get in your mind and stimulate that, then pussy gets wet. Yeah, but you can fuck my mind. Fucking with my mind is not going to get no, you anywhere. Well, <laughs> e- ESL, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let me clarify. <laughs> fucking your mind and fucking with your mind are two totally different things. <laughs> totally different things, but... All right. <laughs> now I know. I know. <laughs> oh, did you really think it was fucking with your yes. mind? <laughs> I really did. Every now and then I'm reminded that she is <gasps> Russian. I'm a green, con- green card holder. I'm not a citizen. Right. We got to keep her away from the borders for a while. Fuck that. All right. All right. Cool. <laughs> yes. Fuck your mind. Not fuck okay. with your mind. <laughs> Much better. All right. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> this is the Sexploration Part 2, the Return of the Russian episode. Before we go into it, I always like to state that all relationships in my mind and our mind are predicated on the quality of the individuals and the work they do together and on their own. So no, no template monogamous, polyamorous, polyandry, blah, 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 blah. None of them are more or less divine. It's just the quality of the work that people put into themselves and into the relationships that will make the relationships good, bad, or batshit crazy and ending up on the ID channel on all the forensic shows that we watch. So we will go into the first part of this episode and I will quietly moonwalk away from the microphone and let no no you get to you get to talk it's just that i conduct this take it away all right so i was frustrated after the last episode and i was not gonna do the this one but then i started thinking why was i frustrated and i realized it's because it really i mean i have nothing no one to blame Tion prepared his outline and I didn't spend any time on it. Therefore, I was basically responding to what he was saying and he was not uh, any... I felt that parts were left out that I would have liked to cover from my own perspective. And I sat down to think about things. I made a list of things that I think would be important for me to talk about. So T and I will talk about it now. Let's get into it. I also did a survey, which included some of uh, uh, our men friends and women friends. 
I got responses. And some of these questions will be covered by both the uh, whatever Tion and I think, and then also the input that we got from other people. So that'll be great. All right. So very basic question, of course. I think everyone thinks about that at some point. Do women feel differently about sex than men? Right. And I think, like, my personal opinion would be, um, by general nature, the assumption is that women think about sex as a conduit for love and, um, you know, emotional commitment. And generically, men think about it as a physical prowess, as a stimuli, as a um, form of pleasure, priority, and then emotion sometimes. So that would be the 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 blanket assumption, right? And I had one of one of our friends responded with very logical uh, source of or a list of sources why the difference is there, and basically the evolution is one. Men develop men and women develop differently based on the function in the in in the society. Mm-hmm. You know, men. Men's uh, goal was or was historically to spread the seed and then women were there to take care of the kids and raise them. Uh, and then uh, the society, the way that boys are raised versus the way that the girls are raised. Boys yeah. are, it's, it's okay and fun to get laid and girls are not to go out and be promiscuous. Right. Because they get slut-shamed, that's the new term. Exactly. Get slut-shamed. Yep. Don't slut-shame. If you're a dude and you like to go ahead and do your thing and feel all good about it and a girl feels the same way, don't look down on her. Yeah, and then raising kids, the same thing. Right. So in raising kids, she's also supposed to be at home anyway. She shouldn't be out. Yeah, no, go out, have fun. Take care of yourself. Right. Make sure no one takes advantage of you and have fun. Right, so... What is it culturally like for you? How was that? Was there any like, uh, pre like, were there women supposed to be a certain way in your culture versus men as well? Was it more or less strict or? Yeah, probably. I I don't think culturally, it's that part is different. Uh, you know, I was raised in a Russian Jewish home. I don't think culturally, it's very different from how you were probably raised. Right. Um, it's the same, it's the same everywhere. You know, girls are to keep their virginity until they get married and then be there to raise their kids and then men do what they do. Right, which is interesting because if most of these men are not homosexual right? They have <laughs> and to all have the women are supposed somebody. to be home, you know, and, and keeping the virginity on lock, who are they having sex with? Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is so screwed up. I mean, my grandma uh, had a, uh, God, her best friend was pretty promiscuous. Right. From the gossip that I got. I mean, <laughs> Now, was she point, promiscuous, like, in her 70s, like, 60s, 70s? No, I don't think so. Okay, no, just no, in her, it was in her just, early days? Just like she was in the early days, and they were all born in, like, let's call it 1910. Right. So, it goes pretty bad, like, far back. So... It's rumored that her husband had some other kids elsewhere and 
she was pretty promiscuous to the point where he had to like he was a doctor so he had to go in and like permanently take care of of birth control for her oh just like you know tie some tubes we're just gonna yeah yeah we'll just make sure <laughs> nothing happens nobody talks but the point is that it happened i mean it, it, there's always all that going on i mean people want to have sex right but in the society where it's all hush hush right it, it's not like it doesn't happen of course it happens right it's just that it's completely covered up or as much as they think it it can right. be covered it's, up it's it still comes out it's kabuki theater right it still comes out right. and then you know so then you're raised you grow up knowing all this gossip and knowing that you know guys spend 50 percent of their time outside the home and right obviously there's something going on right but no one's talking about it right yeah and that's you know that ties into the whole original concept of monogamy which was it was not about love it was a, a economic and a, and a family structure that was to secure the family and they were always it was always said that the man is supposed to find his desire his passion and his sexual escapades okay, outside of the relationship yeah. Um, but then women could not. And to this day, women are persecuted, whether it's through slut shaming and other things like that. But in some countries, some cult mixing culture and countries, countries, some countries um, actually imprison and execute women for yeah. adultery, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. All right. So back to the original question. Pretty much everybody agreed that women and men feel differently about sex. Right. That women are more emotionally invested. Men will have sex just to have sex and move on. Right. For better or worse. Um, that's how it works. Now... Um, going you know and i might be a different person but like different from a lot of other women but as i was thinking about this whole you know what was it that i wanted to say and i think that the most important part of my conversation about sex is that it's really to me it's it's fully connected to uh, other connections with a person Right. It's never physical. I could have the most physically perfect specimen by my standards. Right, I right. have my standards. You know, I have things. I have certain features that I like physically right. that are attractive, more attractive to me than uh, attractive to me than not. So I could have someone who is completely physically fully uh, should be attractive. Right. And knows exactly how to make me happy in bed, but if there is no other connection, I, it won't be good. Right. So it doesn't matter. It could have the whole motion of the ocean, the cavassier, the satin sheets, the rose petals on the bed. Totally. The Sade yeah. playing. Yeah. Totally. All that. I just told but you today not, I have one not. on standby, and I'm like, no, I'm not interested. Actually, there's nothing there. Right. Sorry. It's not gonna work. So it's yeah. They could be, they can know all the moves, all the motions, right, so all I think the six packs, you know, all the abs. But if they're not 
not fucking the mind, not fucking with the mind, but f not if they're not. Mm-hmm. This one, this one right here. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. No sexy pants without the mind. She's what they call sapio. Sexual. Can you say that? Say sapio. I am. Okay, I know you won't say it if I ask you to, but would you, if you ever get inspired, would you say sapiosexual? Sapiosexual. Yeah. yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, all right. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Feels better than like polyamorous. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate that word. I hate that word. <sighs> yeah. It, it, it sounds like work to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work. Uh, it can be a lot of work. It is a lot it's of work. more balls in the air to juggle. It is a lot of work. And it's a lot more like feelings and, you know, how is this person feeling and what are they doing and what are they going through and did I say... <laughs> Sorry. Did you see that? She gets all hyped and starts slapping the... You know, she's she's sitting on dates. Her gut, she got her uh, microphone on dates right here. We're over at the... We're we're at we're at the Manhattan Beach Hotel. We do our podcast wherever we go, and it just so happens that we're here now. So she's got her little mic stand. It's kind of Jimmy rigged. So anywho, you're what saying, was I saying you're talking about polyamory and how it's you know oh, yeah, like it's, it's a lot. Just, it is it's a lot of work, but work. you know what? It's a reward. Just imagine playing basketball with just two people on a whole team. It would suck, well, right? Well, that's what I'm learning. I'm learning. I mean, <laughs> I would play basketball just by myself. I'd shoot around. <laughs> that's the extent of my game. Oh boy, team stuff, not no, so much. Not so much, right? No. Okay. So polyamory sounds like a lot of work to me. Right. Yeah, it is, but it's worth it. It's it's a beautiful thing, and uh. Well, know. I'm glad one of us thinks that way. Yeah. Well, I. She thinks it too. She's just pretending like she doesn't. She actually does. But there's two people in the Gemini, and one of them right now is like, oh, it's so much work. But the other one's like. If it wasn't this way, I wouldn't be here. So, okay, so continue. All right. So that goes, you know, what I was just saying, that technically you could have good sex, but if there is no attraction, it's not really good. Right. So then let's say you're with a, with a partner and everything's great. Can you have good and bad sex with the same person? Right. I did a survey for that. Yes, we you can have good and bad sex with a person. But well, good and bad, or good and um, an average, an average, or like, 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 always really super good. And this time it was like it was cool. Right. Well, I think the definition of bad is relative. I think. Right. Like, what is bad sex to you guys? What is it? Um, it's relative. I mean, bad like you end up crying. Right. Or bad sex to me would be like. I'm like, you know what? Stop. I'm out. Oh, like you determined it's bad midway through. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's... Like, because it's if it's bad, why even continue? Like, when do you decide it's bad? Once you decide it's bad, you're, you, you well, might as well be out. You know, you can have a, bur a bad... You can have a bad first and second quarter and then finish strong after halftime. You know, you can come back in and, and round it up by you know fourth quarter and kill it. So, so I mean, okay, so what would be the difference? Why would you be having well, bad first you, and second, and then you're you're slow start, 
bad oh, chemistry, never... lots of turnovers. So how do you okay, focus. all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right. Know, so okay, bad go. chemistry you can't improve in just just in a matter of minutes. No, but maybe like different moods. Like okay, like, all right, you, you no. know, like for example, you and I could be yeah. initially in a different mood, right? right? Like I you could be tired or completely asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like one of us sparks it, and the other one's not fully there. Right. But, you yeah, know, but well, we we've been together for so long, and we know that even in those situations, like you totally trust me, and I totally trust you. Right, we'll finish up strong. Right. So yeah, so I guess I guess bad is relative. Bad can be like emotionally bad, like the person's just fucking me, and they really don't care about me, and I can feel this. Or well, in that case, it's not the person you would have good sex with. Right, or maybe you didn't realize after that they were that way until you start actually paying attention that they were not really caring about. So you. that other, would other be sex. when good sex turns bad, and hopefully you're well, out. Yeah, it could be that way. It could also be, um, you know, you've had good sex with somebody, but then, you know, for those who drink, right, you right. can have, right. you know, ooh. drinking drunk changes everything. Like, ooh, yeah. wow. Do you guys like drunk sex? Like yeah, drunk no, no, drunk sex is pretty rough. Yeah, so if, if you're dealing unless with it, both people are drunk and then no then one cares, funny, right? then yeah. But yeah. If, if if one's not so drunk and the other one's drunk, it's not cool. Yeah, I mean, drunk. If you if you if you deal with alcohol and drugs, you could probably have good bad sex and all that. Sounds, you know, I mean, people can get hurt. You know, sometimes you have good sex with a person, but then, like, whatever mood they're in or, you know, you guys try to be creative and flip positions or something weird happens and teeth grind up on the base or, you know, angle like it slips out and you, you know, like, ah, there's so many ways. But that's more physically bad. That's not like. Yeah. like so I guess, you know, I, I'm thinking, uh, like, after I did the survey, I realized that maybe not all of my questions were phrased really clearly or, right. or uh, in the way that they should have been. So maybe good sex and okay sex yeah just you know good great fucking mind-blowing right want to slap your mom it's so good sex you just want to get up when you're done and go slap your mom some shit like that but uh yeah i mean you know not all sex is amazing sex but if you're with one person and you have great sex, then most of your sex is going to be pretty good. Like, it's going to be dope just because you love that person so much. Right. You know, and if you guys are both into it. I guess bad sex is when you've been together so long that it becomes monotonous. And right, then, then that it's was like, one, of the, one of the answers that I got was uh, from a male friend was like, yeah, bad sex. You could have, you could have. how drunk. <laughs> depends on how drunk right you're right i know right that's what i said a little tipsy is fine right but then drunk drunk's not cool yeah no okay carry uh, on. so the uh bad sex right. is when one person's really into it and the other person's not into it at all but they're like yeah okay i might as well i have to right and then it's just not good for anyone. That's not good at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't like that. I don't, especially when it comes to like oral sex, like a girl giving you like obligatory head. Like if you're in a relationship yeah. and someone's like, I don't like it, but I feel like if I don't get, I haven't given it to him in a while. So I'm just going to go ahead. Like, can you imagine just like unenthusiastic? Yeah, no, like, Jesus Ugh. Christ. Wow. And then like counting yeah. till, till like she can get up. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. I'd kick that girl out. No obligatory head. 
No obligatory head. If or you don't, anything. If you don't like it, you don't want to do it, don't do it. I mean, my obligatory extends to if I'm asleep and you decide to be on top of me. I'm like, oh, okay. Consensual rape? Right. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's as far as it goes. Right. So wait, say that again on live so we have them recorded. So what? that if you're asleep, you right. give me permission to. Yes. Yeah, I've never, I mean, I think it happened, you told me once that I said no and, like, pushed you away, but I was totally asleep. All right. And not just normal sleep, it's probably deep, deep REM sleep, because right. normal sleep, she's very responsive, but, like, I guess zombie REM sleep, it's just, you know, <laughs> I don't know. So, anyways, okay, so that would be very bad sex. Yeah. Like, I'm not really in. It's like the hug when someone pats you on the back. Like, they don't really want to hug you. They just kind of pat you on the back like, eh. Yeah, like, that's not cool. Let's not even do that. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, no. faking the funk. Yeah, not all at right. all. That's when you remember that your hand is better than. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't, you, I didn't, we're doing, we're doing Facebook Live right now in case you're listening to this damn podcast and you're wondering what the fuck we're doing when every now we're looking, we're talking, responding to something that you're not seeing. Um, but we're trying this Facebook Live thing out right now. Um, and we turned on late, and you guys missed it. But one of my quotes was, you know, roses are red, violets are blue. Uh, I'm using my hand, but I'm thinking of you. <laughs> and I basically stated that I'm so good at what I do with my hand that there's no woman I've ever met that's even close to how good I am. And if you think you are... If you think you are and you want to battle, come audition. Leave your nines at home and bring your skills to the battle. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it's you know whatever. Yeah. My boy Marvin's watching. Like, what the fuck did I just tune into? <laughs> okay, carry That's on. That's funny. Well, as long as certain other people are not watching, we're cool. Right. Um, oh, there goes your mom. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, mom. Uh, so. Another, we talked about this topic briefly, I think, in one of the episodes. Maybe last one. Friendships and sex. Friendships and sex. I feel really very strongly about it. Most of the men that, uh, most of the guys that I've been friends with throughout my life, I've also had sex with at one point or another. And... I can't think of a time when that made the friendship awkward or shallow or made it end. To me, it's it's a component that makes everyone get more intimate. And then... Um, your hand is right over. And then... Um, I'm I'm more open and they're more open to come to me or, you know, I go to them. Our conversations become much more real. Right. Like, I, you know, I have friends that maybe I've been friends with them since I was seven. And maybe we were sexual for six months in our 20s. And then we're still really, really good friends. And he can talk to me about anything under the sun, and I can do the same. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I mean, I think, you know, 
if you're the quality of the relationship will determine that. I mean, the quality of the how you guys care about each other, um, how you communicate before, during, and afterwards. If you still feel comfortable enough to talk, um, address the elephant in the room. I mean, a lot of times, you know, sex can be a good gateway into a great friendship. Um, you know, it doesn't always have to be the other way around where you need to be friends right. for 9,000 right, months. Right. And, you know, right. it's like, no, I agree. and that goes into sex for different reasons. Like mm-hmm. some people have sex, like sex is the pathway to a relationship. So I'm really going to make sure you want to be there before we go there. And some people, sex is just a, a form of connection. It's a form of intimacy that doesn't pertain to a linear relationship. And I think we're both that way in the sense right. that, you know, a lot of our closest friends are friends that we've been sexually active with at one point in time doesn't mean that we continue to be but it's never it never deteriorated the relationship and the times no i in, to me to the contrary they, it made the relationships much more real and intimate intimate right. in a way of uh that i can talk to i can i can talk to you about anything right and it's really hard for me to talk to people about anything but it's right. a lot easier for me to do that if we have had sex right why is that? Well, um, and that actually goes into my next thing. Uh, because I, sex to me, like what I've learned, is a very direct connection to my own spirit. Right. Like it opens me up. Right. I start communicating through sex directly. It's a lot easier for me to communicate that way than with words. Right. It's getting easier now to communicate with words but it's definitely easier to communicate through physical touch right. so you can you can say and through sex i want to fuck right now but it's harder to say that in words right something like that yeah can you say yeah. it right now can i say what right now <laughs> <laughs> exactly okay continue <laughs> Yeah, so that's, you know, um, it's it's very interesting to me to hear what sex is to different people because, because it is so, I mean, it's important to everyone. I think it's bullshit when people say that sex is just, you know, it's it's whatever, it's easy, it's, you can do it with anyone, it doesn't matter. Right. I think it really matters. I think it heals i think it helps us connect i think it serves all these functions if it's done right right yeah i mean it's a sex is a powerful tool um and it can be used for all types of ailments it can be used to heal to connect to empower um to just relax you to you know um engage you to like you're saying to communicate in a way that you can't through words initially Right. Um, and then from there you can, but it definitely is predicated on the intentions of the people involved and, you know, knowing what works for you. Cause not everybody is built naturally to just use sex as a form of just, um, a spiritual connection the same way you may do a meditation with somebody. Like some people really are hardwired to where the minute they have sex, there's this vulnerability that, that causes them to create this, um, insecurity or anxiety that wants them to latch on and clamp All right, onto this so stuff that, like that one kind of goes into i have a point here that no one addressed directly some one person addressed directly trauma and sex so you have to elaborate on that because clearly that was the difference 
Right. So I feel, uh, and I've never had trauma that translated into sex, but being around people and uh, being close to uh, both men and women that I know have experienced some sort of trauma. I don't necessarily, it doesn't have to be sexual trauma. Right. It's any trauma that has to do with self-esteem. Right. I think it translates into sex. I think it translates into the way that we have sex and the reasons why, why we would have sex. Right. And I think that if there's any trauma that, uh, uh, that has to do with, uh, with your self-esteem, then sex will be misused. Right. You will either allow for someone to take advantage of you because you don't think that you are worth anything better or you will go the other way and then you will use sex. Right, you can be to, a predator. In right, you can, you can start <clears throat> using sex uh, to um, establish yourself or right. to get, to get uh, validation. Right, and that's... And to confirm that you're worth something, that, right. that people desire you. That's true. A lot of, I know a, a lot of men use their sexual conquests to compensate, to try to fill a void that's inside of them. Like, look, you know, the more, if I have lots of sex, lots of women, then hopefully through that activity and through acting as with this bravado and bragging to my friends that they will see me at a higher level, which right. hopefully will, will come back through me and will make me actually feel that way, even though I don't feel that way. I think that, you know, the big, one of the big reasons why, um, I got to the point where I was interested in doing this podcast is to actually talk about things like that. Right. And, you know, I think maybe like the main reason that I was frustrated with the previous episode was because it was literally just about sex. It was just about like, oh, how do you like it? You know, what are your hangs out, hangups? What are your preferences? But to me, there's so much more right. that has like a, a, about sex. And that um, there's so much more that people do not talk about. Right. Even the people that I asked, you know, I'm sure people that I asked, some of them have experienced some trauma that right. has led to certain sexual behaviors. Right. That didn't stop to recognize it. Right. And just like we have one-on-one -on -one conversations with people, uh, to me, it's really super important that we start talking about that. Right. Just the effects of trauma and Right. And recognizing, and recognizing it right. without, I mean, it's very delicate, obviously. You right. can't just go to a person and be like, you know what? I think if, you know, you're, you're having these issues because you were whatever abused as a child or or your parents were mean or whatever right, you know right. you can't do that but you can guide them to maybe start thinking along along those ways right no for sure um yeah no i mean trauma like we talk about in every episode pretty much how important and powerful fear is insecurity is doubt is and being able to identify what type of relationship works for you and what doesn't work and why it's not working. Or and even like why you cannot even establish a relationship. Right. You know, we all know people that are in their, you know, I mean, 
we are in our 40s. We have friends that are in their 50s and unable to establish relationships. Right. There's something there. I mean, not for everyone. Right. But there's a reason why that's so difficult. Yeah. There's, you know, deep, deep fears that are buried very deep that doesn't allow for even the conversation within themselves to be honest. Right. So, so really, for me, the most important the most important function of you and I in the podcast and our friendships with people and our relationships with people is to actually help them get through this. Right. Let's talk about it. Y'all want to talk about it? If you got any questions on Facebook Live, you can ask them while we're doing our podcast. I'm sure they'll be very interesting since I see who's following. You guys are all geniuses with creative minds. Mm -hmm. All right. What's up next? What we got? What's up next? So, you know how I was talking about how it's really difficult for me to open up and talk. And establishing connections with people is really difficult. It's not easy. Um, I uh, have always been like, you know... uh, a person with a couple of close friends, not more than three. Right. And I've always been under the impression that it's really hard for me to find people to be close with. And then when it comes to uh, intimate connections, it's even more so. Right. So do you think, and, and you're the opposite of me. It's right. not hard for you to establish relationships. Right. Um, I'm a softie. I well, fall in love with everything everywhere I go. Right. But no more falling. Falling is so 93. I just, I stay in the state of love and I have many people, places, and things that inspire me to share that. Right. And I'm not like that. I will uh, observe and I will, you know, maybe like, but it takes a long, a lot uh, for me to handpick someone that I, I I like so much and I connect so well with that I will, you know, have an intimate relationship with. So with that, do you think that, uh, do you think there is a difference in qualities between like relationships that people like me establish and people like you establish just because it's easier for you? Are yours more lighthearted and 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 like i don't want to say shallow but like mine run deep you know i i can have a very long 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 very deep relationship with one person right do Do you you think well i mean do you cry when it's over do you cry during i don't cry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, the, the, you know, the definition of deep varies, right? Because um, I live deeply. <laughs> like I'm just on that level of intimacy and like sensitivity um, and connectivity all the time. So I can be moved, uh, you know, by a kid on the airplane, the conversation I can have with like a 10-year-old kid or like an elder or a woman that I'm sexually Wait, attracted to. Wait, are you crying to. now? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not crying now. But I'm, 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 I'm squishy. You're close to no, it. I'm not, yeah, I'm okay. Not, okay. No. All right. <laughs> so anyways, um, so I think the range of relationships I can have um, is wider just because that 
I I allow relationships to um, you know for to be to be th- you know mild, mead, and deep. I don't have only deep or only surface. Right. So See, the, the I range of it's I, I feel like if I was to engage in a mild relationship, it would co- it, somehow it would be fake. Right. Yeah, and so you know that is probably the difference is that you know for me all of it's real they're just all on different levels there's a whole orbit of ranges that are totally different um that play into my life and so they all they are they're all special i do all i do all i do value all of them i don't value them all the exact same way and um but they're all they're all meaningful yeah i it's something that i don't think I'm definitely not there. And that's, that's you know, that made me think, like, after we did our last episode, I was like, wow, we're so different in how we engage with people and how, uh, like, um, the levels that I'm willing to engage on and levels that you're willing to engage on. Right. And it's, I mean, it's fascinating. And, I mean, you're totally... I mean, I admire it in you. I'm not saying that it's bad, but You're I'm not just, pooping on my rainbows. I'm not. Pooping <laughs> on Don't poop on my rainbows. But I mean, I'm, if anything, I can be jealous of it because I don't think I can do it, even right. if I tried to. Right? Do you want more rainbows? I don't think I want more rainbows. I mean, a I'd couple? like a couple I mean, rainbows. Kind of like one, you know, like one I lost two. a super significant <laughs> one, so I'd like to have maybe one. Maybe yeah. one. But is it is it heavier s- since you only look for maybe one? Doesn't that one become so valuable and so sacred because it's that one versus, you know, just then being what, in orbit? Then that, that what? So, so well, there's so valuable. much at stake. It's right, so much okay. At stake, so, like, I mean, you know, it's that, that would seem I mean. harder to me because there's so much riding on that one yeah, but but you it the relationship is based on friendship so it's not like it's not yeah it's valuable it's clearly very valuable but it's not going to um change my life dramatically if it's not there that's debatable right. well because the nutrients aren't there like there's a missing of that space i mean there's a big part of your your orbit that's no longer there so it's not like you're just like eh. it does it has an effect it's not you know it's not like a little effect it has an effect right it has an effect what i'm saying is that it does not change my life to the point where i have to go and do something no i mean i sit there and i scratch my head and i go oh well finally i understand maybe something's missing and maybe i need to start looking for it right so but it you know it, it does affect the equation and I mean, I'm just pondering the the different ranges of, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I think. I don't think I'm <clears throat> capable of having like a mild relationship. <laughs> <laughs> not, <laughs> she's not capable of having a mild relationship. So <laughs> if she's friends with you, she's going to be either super friends or she's. Right. Exactly. Probably just going to wave. Um, yeah. I mean, I think everybody's EQ'd differently. The different levels of what people need are very different. Um, the cool thing is, is being able to identify what your EQing is, how much of this and how little of that you want, and then being in a situation with people where you're empowered enough to seek that, whatever that is, whether you're 
empowered to if you want to just sit for years and ponder you can if you want to get out there and meet people you can and i think that's the key is just identifying what it is your balance is what your desires are and being in a space where you're supported and loved to do that yeah for sure i mean that's being being able to identify that is uh huge being able to share that is huge you know to me uh, a huge benefit of having that type of a relationship that you and I are having is that I can actually talk to you about that stuff, you know, and I can uh, ponder with you and I can go to you with my discovery of like, hey, you know what? What I'm finally realizing that this is missing. Right. And not only you're not going to be like, well, fuck that or well, too bad. But you'll be like, oh, well, that's very important. Let's think, you know, maybe I can help you figure out how to get some of it. Right. And that is the definition, one of the many definitions of compersion. Because, you know, for your wife, your special whoop-de-whoop, your significant other, to be able to come to you and talk to you about how much they're missing this prominent male figure friend in their lives and for the male, me in this case, to be able to um, feel love and compassion for that and try to help um, her, help understand where she's coming from and help to see um, what it is she would like to do and being supportive of her, that's compersion. That's actually being, um, enjoying joy, I mean, enjoying joy, um, feeling joy in your partner's joy. Yeah, and that, I mean, that, that's the essence of why we're doing it. Yeah. I have to, if I was to carry it around and not be able to tell you, it would slowly eat at me. Right. It would not be cool. Yeah. Repression's bad. And if you're in a relationship where you can't speak on things that are on your mind or in your heart, um, then you, it's, you, it's going to be a rough ride. You might want to question if that's the right relationship. If you cannot, be yourself if you can't grow if you can't evolve without causing some type of conflict or block then it might be tough 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 yeah so all of that is um, learning how to trust yourself how to trust your own feelings how to trust that uh, you can be yourself you know, most of the time with people that you're close to. Right. And that makes such a huge difference. The quality of life goes up yeah, dramatically. That's a, that's a big one. I mean, think about it. And you guys think about it too. Like how much time in your week do you spend actually being able to be yourself versus having to cater, censor, pretend that you're someone else? Because it's hard. I mean, a lot yeah, of us, you know, it's like, really so, hard, so our, I think our goal as we grow is to try to spend more of our time being 100% authentic um, and less time having to put on this front. Right. Authentic to ourselves. I think that, you know, um, like I had the happiest childhood on earth. You know, I mean, if I tell anyone about it, it's the happiest childhood on earth. But I still managed to acquire certain like imposed uh, beliefs and imposed uh, 
criteria of what I'm supposed to do, what I'm not supposed to do, what I'm supposed to feel, what's normal, what's not normal. And on as I as I uh, as Tian and I are going through this process, I'm like, you know, I have these reactions that are totally based on something that's not natural to me, but it's so ingrained that it's really hard to go against it. Yeah. I'm like, how do you get rid of it? Right. It's really hard. Yeah, that stuff's that stuff's tough. And, I mean, and it's like going through um, days just trying to fight the response. Your first response is hard. It takes a lot of emotional energy, and a lot of the time we don't fight it. We just go with the first response, and it keeps going. It's usually negative. Right, because usually what we're taught is that oh, this is not good, and you're not supposed to do this. Or when you see this, it's all bad. So then you start responding to things negatively, and you keep doing that, keep doing that, keep doing that, and then next thing you know, you're like at the bottom. Yeah, and when you get in a state of first reaction, and next thing you know, both people in the relationship who are they're arguing in their in a reaction mode then it's nothing is going to be nothing's going to come good out of that and it takes so long to get back into a space of you know actually having a conversation about what it is we should be having a conversation about so you know it's a challenge there's a lot of things inside of us that we may not realize that are there that are deeply yeah. rooted that are knotted into our like roots and we have to do some serious root work and to untangle those things and it can be sensitive and, and vulnerable and scary. Um, on that note, we're going to go into a break, a little song break, and we'll get back into me too. And we'll wrap it up. We're doing good. The episode five, sex exploration part two, return of the, the Russian. Russian, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Do it slow. I need you 
Episode 5, The Sex Exploration, Part 2, The Return of the Russian. And she's been leading us. Not the return, excuse me. Is it the revenge? Yes. Oh, the revenge of the Russian? Yes. Okay. Big difference. Yeah, well, it's either Return of the Jedi or Revenge of the Nerd, so I don't know which one you're going for. Oh, I like the revenge. Revenge? Yeah. Okay, so I was thinking you're like Yoda, Jedi. Yeah, well, I didn't go anywhere. Maybe you went to sleep because you were tired. And hey, now you know you're what? Back. I realized that like that whole couch setup was not cool for me. Last time I was on the couch, and that probably was one of the reasons why my brain didn't click. A little too laid back. Yeah. My knitting was next to me. I was on the couch with a blanket. That was not cool. Right. I mean, it was nice. It was comfortable, but it wasn't functional for a fucking podcast. No, not at all. All right. So what else you got? So I think we kind of naturally went into the whole, like, you know, how we're raised with a bunch of hang-ups. And we all end up with hang-ups around sex. Most of us do. Right. Even the ones, the enlightened ones, that think that they don't, they still do. Right. So how do you, I mean, how do you, how does one work through those? How do, how does one get through those? Well, I think that you need help. It helps when you are either you know with friends or a partner that literally hold your hand and help you get through it like the way it works for me like i had a lot of hang-ups around that uh you know what's acceptable what's not acceptable i think we've worked through a lot of them i still have a whole bunch i'm sure right the way it works with me is that you are so convinced that uh whatever you're doing that is hitting my hang up mm-hmm. is good not only for you but for us right that i usually just choose to trust and go with it and then when i get to the other side i'm like yeah he's right so eventually you learn that hey these are just my hang ups right and you learn to find the difference between what's my knee jerk and what makes sense. Right. And that's, I think there's a big difference between what makes sense in the framework of what was told to me, 
you know, how, how you were raised or what other people say versus what's good to me in the framework of how do I feel? What right. do I really feel is good? Right. And that goes into soul controlling, which is, you know, taking control of your movements, connecting with your spirit and actually like um, being proactive with life moving forward. Um, a big part of that we all have to go through is making amends with what was taught as we were raised, what parts of those we want to keep, what parts of those we want to let go of, and what new rules, principles, framework we want to add into our lives now that suit us as based upon the humans we are and who we wish to become. I have to tell you that it takes one hell of a person to be able to do that. And to do that on your own, on your own is not impossible, but it's really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah, it takes commitment and it takes... Um, being able to sit in uncomfortable silences with yourself and hear those voices and those desires to run, those desires to react, those desires to lash out and hurt somebody, or the desire to suppress and just forget that you ever felt that way. Right, because it's so much easier to not feel that way. And then, you know, I think that what a lot of people are lacking, what I lack uh, is the... Uh, the energy that it takes to pull yourself up right you know and it's it's such a blessing to have an outside person that's always cheerful and always knows how to pull you up <laughs> unless you piss them off and they shut down for about a day <laughs> then, then you're then, then you're not in a good state when the but care bear that's baby blue turns dark gray yeah that sucks it's a rough day but uh you know, pulling yourself up. We all talk about it. It's hard as hell. It's right. really hard to do. Yeah. Sometimes it's not hard. Other times doing it consistently is really, really, really hard. Right. And it and we talked about it earlier today. A lot of it has to do with um, the mental predisposition that we're in based upon our upbringing, based upon our surroundings. Um, you know, what mode do we go in when things get sensitive? Like, do we go and identify that it's tough and it's hard as hell but you know look on the bright side at least there's this that the third or do we really go deep and start you know self-critiquing and seeing the the dark and the frustrating side and, and that's a big part is being able to find a way that when the plane is nose diving how to calm the situation and be able to pull back a little bit to where it levels out um and it's not just doom and gloom and that's you know like we're trying to figure out what are some of the tools that people can use to, you know, see that other side when they can't initially because they're in a dark mental or emotional space, you know. And I always, you know, one thing that I always say to use that for me um, is creating a council of different personalities in your head. So you have, think of people that you like, that you admire, um, maybe they're mentors, maybe they're authors you like, maybe they're characters in movies, maybe they're wise characters in movies or tough characters or whatever, but I think it's really cool if you can to have uh, a council of different characters um, in your head that help you balance perspective. So if you're really, really mad, you know, instead of just flying off the handle and just lashing out at somebody, you know, you go talk to your council, and in your council you have maybe the nurturing mother, like, you know, maybe you have, you know, the wise Yoda. Maybe you have the Joe Pesci <laughs> who wants to go bash heads. Um, maybe you have, 
you know, the intellectual who can rationalize. So if you have all these people and you have this one heated circumstance and you talk to them, they're all going to have a different perspective. And I think through that, you'll have a balanced perspective. Like there will be ones that will be like, well, I feel you in that anger and it would be really fun to go bash heads. I know Joe Pesci would love to go with you to bash this person's head, but um, that's probably not going to be good for your karma. And you said you do love your kids and you like your life, right? And you, you know? know what? Like, so it's really, we've, we've, you and I have talked about it. I will ignore any counsel that's in my head. I will ignore any list. I will ignore any roadmap if I am far enough in the process of being negative and I get stubborn and I'm like whatever you can tell me all you want what really has helped me is having uh, close people that I trust that I know will have uh, responses to my whatever problem or issue of the day is that are positive Right. it's like it's one of the reasons why I refuse to have more than a handful of hand-picked friends is because I need to know what that person is going to tell me when I'm down. Right. I do not want a person that's going to add to me being down. I do right. not want to go to someone and uh, complain about you or complain about how I feel and tell them, you know what, I fucking feel like just leaving and being on my own and fuck all that. I don't want to deal with any of it. I do, last thing I need to hear is, you know what, you're right, fuck all that. He is, you don't need him. Right. Because that just, I mean, that I definitely don't need to Is that why you don't have that. girlfriends? That's why I do not have girlfriends. Like, not girlfriends. Right, like right. Girlfriends. Like right. Girlfriend. And, yeah, I mean, it's other people's opinions is very, very, very dangerous. And, you know, that's why in my, in my song, The Resume, in the chorus, I go, think twice before heeding what they say. Check their references. Peep their resume. If they haven't been to the promised land, tell them sorry. They're not qualified to give us directions. Because a lot of people who have horrible relationships are the first ones in line to give their friends relationship advice. And yeah. they're the ones who are always in horrible relationships or, or single all the time. Um, and so a lot of times we get bad energy and bad opinions from people who are not qualified to give them. So like you were saying, it's very important to be mindful of who you go to when you're down. Because when you're down, you're open. And when you're open, you're susceptible to other people's energy and opinions. Yep. And when you go to them that way, then you basically give them carte blanche to take you wherever they want to go. And it may not be beneficial for you or in your best interest at all. Yeah, so it's either you create your internal counsel, which is the safest way to go if that works, right? Because it's not an outside person's opinion. Or uh, you have friends that you can absolutely rely on to help you get through that without blowing your house up. Right. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, it's like the good Kermit, bad Kermit. You don't want to be around people who are bad Kermits or bad Miss Piggies. No. Like the memes who you're like, you know, fuck it. I really just, I'm so done with this. I can't handle this. And the bad Piggies, like, you're right, burn his house down. Yeah, exactly. You know, or, you know, unfriend him right now. You yeah. know, or post that picture right now. Um, you don't want those around you because, you know, bad things happen. It's hard to clean those up. Um, oh, can we talk about pissing downstream? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Pissing downstream, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Yes, we can talk about pissing downstream. Um, 
okay, so if you, for those of you guys who don't know what pissing downstream is, in this tournament, in this specific context, we're talking about, um, you know, you have friends that are in relationships, and when they're going bad, they just start airing out all the dirty laundry, like, she don't do this, and she be lying to me, and she did this, and, and he don't do this, and he's like this, and I can't deal with him, and he's all this, this, that, and the third. And they'll just, make it sound so convincing, and I'll make it like, yeah, I, you know, he's just, not, he doesn't understand me, I get no freedom, I want to do these things, and I can't because of him, and I'm done. And right. you're like, yeah, well, you know, I mean, it sounds like a very difficult situation you're in. It's obviously stifling your growth. You're feeling it. If you don't think there is a way that you guys can change, then perhaps the healthiest thing for you is to leave. Right. And they they just go on tirades just talking about how bad this person treats them or how they're not fit for them, all this stuff. And so they pretty much convince us that, you know, not that the person's evil, because we try to understand that there's, you know, you literally says there's two sides of the story, but maybe that's just that relationship is not good right, for them. Right. And then they break, you know, they separate, hopefully they separate, and then, you know, next thing you know, there's little inclinations that they're getting back together after, like, you know, a few months. And these things, and you're like, damn, like, like, is that really happening? And then they get back together and they expect their friends to just be like, oh, that's really cool. We're happy for you. And we're like, you just told, you just painted this picture that this dude was like Charles Manson. He was, he had you trapped in a cage and you couldn't go anywhere without being, being followed or watched or he can, he's violent and this and that. And you're just back with him and we're supposed to be all right. cool with that. We're supposed to cheer for that. Like yeah. at least explain what the hell happened, how you guys changed, what why did you give him a second chance? You know, how did he manage to convince you? But this whole, you know, the point of the conversation is just don't, just don't piss downstream. Just don't say anything bad. Just be like, you know what? We, you just, it's not working out. We're deciding to separate. It's really, really hard on both of us. And then like, if you do work things out and you get together, everyone's like, oh, you guys worked it out. That's great. Right. Yeah. That's the best way to do that. Um, it's unfortunate in this circumstance that we so look to just feel good now yeah. that we end up looking for yes men and yes women. And so we do a really good campaigning of this is why you should be on my side because this person's this, that, and the third. And you're pooping downstream and you're peeing downstream and all this stuff. But you're not realizing that you're painting a picture in your friends about this person to where they're not likable people, at least not likable in a relationship with you. And then you go back with them. And then, you know, your friends are looking at you like, you know, and I know, and I know you're feeling it. You know, like you, you gotta be feeling it. Like, oh, I know they're looking at me like I'm fucking yeah. crazy. Cause three, three months ago, I was just talking about how this has been a stifling in my life. And now I'm right back with this person. And then no one says anything. Because, you know, as a friend, you're not going to be like, oh, so you're back with this person, the same person that you spent. Hey, hey, we have friends that would definitely say something. Yeah. What? Yeah. If we, what do you mean? Well, in that same situation, I mean, if, if someone broke up and, you know, said all those bad things about their partner and then got back together, I'm sure we have friends that would be like, what the hell? Explain to me right now what happened. Really? Yeah. Who? 
podcast, we can't name names. I'm like, who? I mean, I, you know, I'm an outspoken person, but I don't say anything. I just look like, all right. But all of a certain, that friend who got back with that person kind of fades into black and they don't talk to me much. And I just allow that to be. Cause do you think you know, it would be better to be like, hey, so do you want to tell me what happened? Because you told me what happened leading up to the separation. But now I know you guys are together. So it would only be good for our relationship if you explain what happened. You know, you would think if they went through the effort to explain why they're breaking up, they'd probably be like, ooh, I should probably update that as yeah. to why we get back well, together. that would be best. But they don't. And, you know, it's not my ride. It's not my ride. Like, I don't have to be in that relationship. So if they pee downstream and that person's all this and that and it's not good for them and they choose to get back with them, you know, more power to them. I just love through the universe and the universe will give the love to that person. Like, I don't, you know, time and energy and space is too precious. Like, I just don't want to be in that that space because then, I, then they feel like shit because they could see me looking at them like, well, what if they have a valid explanation? Then they would hopefully say it. Yeah. But it's not for, not for me to extract it from them. But the rule is don't shit downstream, don't piss downstream. If you're going through some shit with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your husband or your wife, you know, find a way to talk about the difficulties, if you must, with your friends um, in a positive way. Like don't poop downstream yeah. because think in your mind that you actually care about this person and you may puff your chest out like you want to leave, but then once you leave and you get outside that relationship, all of a sudden that grass turns right back to green that was all gray and weedy because your fears of being alone, fear of being replaced, fear of that person finding someone cooler, better, stronger than you, all that shit kicks in and next thing you know, you're out and you can't wait to get back in and it's too hard to do this difficult building yourself up, creating your new lane shit and the next thing you know, you just snap right back like a rubber band after you let go of being pulled for the long. So think that that may be you, even if you think, I'll never go back in this net. Just know that you may go back. So do yourself a favor and don't poop on your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wives to your friends when you're going through it. Because then when you get back with them, you know, you want to hang out and you're like, oh yeah, can so-and-so come with us? And, you're, and your friends look at you like, hell no, we're not letting fucking Jeffrey Dahmer in this house. You know, you, you know, like, so... You know, remember that. Think long term. Don't piss downstream. So that's another topic. That's a good, you know. Um, So another side note, just another sexy stuff, but not that. Um, You know, some people just get into spaces in life, whether it's trauma, whether it's tragedy or whatever, where they just don't feel sexy anymore. Yeah. Like. Um, I think we all partially go through yeah. that. So what are some of the things you do to feel sexy? Like, how do you bring sexy back? Mm. Do, you wear, do you wear magic underwear? Is magic it the, is underwear it is, a different, pants, is a different is a different term. I mean, your own special magic yeah. underwear, not like Mormon magic underwear. I can't yeah. imagine that would make someone feel sexy. I think it's supposed <laughs> to do the opposite. No, I think I tried to figure out why. I'm not feeling it and then work from there if I'm not feeling it because I'm tired or I'm stressed out then uh, you know I try to find ways to de-stress do something go work out you and I find time to go hang out go on a walk go do something different right 
Does and anything to do with what you wear or your attitude or how do you get like, how do you get that flame fire going again? I always think I wear stuff that makes me feel sexy. Like my sweatpants make me feel sexy. Really? Really? Yeah. Why they don't? Yeah. No, I don't dress up to feel that way. No. No. So, Do you? No, I mean, I'm yeah, just well, trying to ask. That's... Like, I'm just, you know, I mean, I think for me that to feel sexy, to... I just, you know, I go out or I yeah, try you to, talk to, you know, make some you music talk to or different people. Yeah, you, you you have to get out of the space uh, where you're marinating. Like I, you know, I I the times when I don't feel sexy is when I'm marinating on something. You know, when I'm so deep in some issue or a set of issues that I forget that there is other things that are enjoyable. Right, or stuck in the house. Or stuck in the house. Yeah, exactly. So that's you know, like you gotta, or I I try to break whatever whatever cycle i'm in and then go do something else and get back to you know because my normal state is to feel like you know to feel sexy right so just going back to the normal state and don't let the the all the heavy whatever whatever you're sitting in currently make it become permanent right and that's yeah get out of the house fresh energy fresh yeah. faces um you know it's kind of like for me if i'm skating at the same skate park over and over and over again or painting at the same wall where all the same skaters see the same see my tricks yep. and then all of a sudden there's like exciting. you know no and you go skate a different skate park and people are tripping off of your tricks off of your style you're tripping off of their style there's different terrain um and it just feels good and nothing's changed you're still the same person you skate the same way you do or you paint the same way you do um but it's just different people responding to you who are not just who's not seen you every single day and have gotten desensitized in a sense to your greatness i also think that there are times when you're like you know people go through uh taking meds and the meds will right. say oh you know this is one of the side effects and then you're natural, like my blood pressure meds. Right. I will say that. And then you're like, yeah, I don't feel, I don't feel it because of that, or oh, I don't feel it because I'm PMSing. Right. And then I finally like realized that, you know what? That's all like that's fucking with your head. Right. So it's like it creates a psychosis that. Right. It creates this belief that oh, this is why I'm not feeling this way. And as long as I'm as I'm taking these meds, or as long as I'm going through this PMS, this is how I'm gonna feel, and that's that. I, you know, at some point, like I recently realized, I'm like that's that's also that. You know, I mean, it's yeah, it probably makes it harder to maintain your balance. Right. Uh, but on on a deeper level, it's bullshit. Right, because you think about it, sexy comes from love, from you liking you yourself, yeah. from self, self-esteem. It comes from being desired. So a lot of the variables, other than the drugs, are probably contributing to as much, if not more, than the drugs are. If you're in a stagnant situation, if you're not around people who, who appreciate you, if you're yeah. not in new environments, if you're, if you're not doing the things you used to do that made you feel sexy, like 
being out, going for a run, going dancing, meeting up with friends you haven't seen in a while. Right, it's like, you know, that thing, like, like you could be, some people could be 50 and they feel like they're 80 and their life is over. Right. And then there are people that are 90 years old and they, they'll go out dancing and they, they probably have sex. However, they are, they manage to have sex right. and they feel great. Yeah. And I'm sure they take 10,000 medications. Right, right. Because who doesn't in America at that point? But yeah, it has to do. It's a mind state. It's a state of spirit. It's a state of self-nourishment. It's a state of activity um, that dictates the energy that flows through you. And sexuality and sexy is an energy. It's a mind state. It's not a physical act. Um, you know, a sexy feeling has not always something to do with a physical act. It's just, yeah. it's, a, it's an energy. Yeah. You know, you could, someone can make you feel sexy just by listening to you yeah. talk about something you're passionate about. You don't have to go and have sex with them. You right. just have that feeling and then it lifts you up. Right. And and the reality is sexual energy is a very powerful therapeutic energy. And it's, you know, most of the time is best used when it's not even through sex. It's just when you feel sexy, you feel powerful, you feel confident. Yep. And then you can apply that to other parts of your life. So there we go back to my quotes that I I disagreed with so strongly. Right. That physical connection is common and mental is rare right physical connection or that that helps you feel sexy which in turn helps your energy stay at the higher level right. yeah is probably way more important yeah i believe sec i believe in sex therapy yeah and, you know i you know our friend paloma talks about that too she was like you know there should be a place where people can go She's a friend. She's going to be on the show. She likes... What up, Paloma? She's a <laughs> homie. She's good people. She's, you know, we're not going to air... We're not going to see any, any secrets <gasps> about magic tricks or card tricks or bowling balls or any of that stuff. But, um, you know, she's talking about that it would be cool if there was a place, like a sex place, where people could go and just be loved and have good sex because good sex makes people feel good. Yeah, and in feeling good, people are better citizens. Yeah, a lot but of times, then you know. we're back to I can't have good sex without an intimate connection. Otherwise, so no, I will not go to a place like that. Well, you might be in a different. There might be a different department for you. Yeah, mm. like you know, there's mm. there's intimate people. My visits, my visits will be longer and more frequent. Right, but it'll be a different department. It'll yeah. be the ones who specialize in connecting intimately. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but you know, I know for I know. From a man's perspective, a lot of men get, without good loving and good sex, um, get really, really tense and on edge. And a lot of, I, you know, I could be crazy. I don't have any factual proof. But I do believe that if half the killings and stupid fights that turn into gunfights and road rage and all this shit would probably reduce dramatically if they were getting the shit fucked out of them every day. Well, by a proper woman, not by like, you know, I'm sure they get sex. Get good sex. Right. Good oral sex. sex. They're right. probably not getting oral sex. <laughs> okay. They got If they got good head, <laughs> they got good head every day and their mm -hmm. balls are drained, they'd probably be less angry. Yeah. I know I'm less la less angry after I come. You're never angry. Yeah, but I'm even less angrier <laughs> when I come. Once I'm done... You turn into a marshmallow. Yeah, refractory period. Dude, if every dude was living in a refractory period, 
like longer refractory periods, we'd just be like, it's like smoking hella weed. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even need weed if you fuck a lot because you're just like, you're relaxed. You know, so, you know, it's like, we'll go into our song, our last song, and then we'll just kind of wrap up this episode. This is the Black Russian Podcast, episode five, the Sexploration. Episode five. What is it called? Revenge of the Russian. Revenge of the Russian. Yeah. Don't try and soften me up. Not return. No, no, no. no. All right. Hold tight. Yeah.
the right place. Wanna put honeycombs all over your booty. Almond milk though, I'm trying to be healthy this time. Well, I'm honeycombs and not gonna worry. Baby steps, baby. Don't Cheerios. It don't sound right. I'm gonna put that gluten free honey oak cluster of rocks all over your booty cheeks and wash it down with some unsweetened almond milk and with a drop of oregano oil. Oh, yeah. So we get ready to wrap this episode up. Um, we had a good episode. You feel you feel you've yes, been avenged. I feel, I feel good. Yeah. I'm not frustrated. You got there. Yeah. You came. You're mm-hmm. good. You're, yeah. You did, good. did good. Okay, good. Um, See, I always have to take care of it myself. Yeah, no. Right. Do, do it how you do it. So before we go, I want you to tell me, just me, I won't tell anybody. Tell me, th- okay. We have had our first episodes of Threesome Trinity play in the last year. It's the first time ever that we've done that together, ever. So without going too deep in it, we'll save it for another episode. Um, you just have to slide it in. Yeah. Even bit. though little I gave teaser, you a warning. I gave you a warning. A little teaser. It was pretty strong. So t- on a positive note, mm-hmm. tell me three of your favorite things about that space. Come on, you got to get it out. We can't do another episode to avenge the revenge of the avenge of the revengers. <laughs> or I can just not say anything. Nah, it's not good for our podcast uh, fans. All right. Uh, less work for me. Bomba clot. <laughs> no. 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 That's not what I hear during pillow talk. No. Well, we're not having a pillow I talk. I know, but you know. Somewhere along the lines in that direction of positive, not yeah. like reductive positivity. It's positive. It was positive. Yeah, okay. Continue. Yeah. I don't know that I can. What? Can't think of anything that you enjoy in that space. Uh, no, well, I can think of things I enjoy in that space, but I don't know that I can. You can say them in PG terms. <sighs> Do you want me to go first so it's easier so you can get an idea? No, this is hard. No, I don't want to go after you. I don't want you to tell me what I'm supposed to say. I don't want sloppy seconds. Yeah. Okay, I don't then, want, then I don't lead. Want to tell lead, me. girl, lead. All right. Okay. Um, Wait, hold on. This is the sex exploration episode. It's not the Mother Teresa no? Catholic sermon. Oh, man. All right. Well, let me think. Uh well, I I like girls. So I've been having more sex with girls through that. That's cool. We talked last time that I'd rather have a girl go down on me than a guy. So that kind of goes with that. Um, oh, that, that was only one. That was not two. Damn. Okay. Uh, well, the biggest one is just the actual sharing of that space. I mean, it's always been, not always, but in the last so many years, I've realized that it's super uh, sexy to me to think about it. So then when we actually got into that space, 
once we got through all the sensitivities and the rules and realized that rules are stupid and you know got through the sensitivities then that's a really cool place to share uh, oh wow I earned two all right third one uh, and probably my favorite one is that it's possible to have a really cool like um, easy relationship that is three-way friends and three-way sex and it's really um, it's easy sometimes it, sometimes it can be very complicated uh, we've had complicated but when it's uh, smooth and easy it's extremely cool lots of hands like there's always enough for everybody to be pleased you know there's it's not a goal-oriented space because one person could come and then there's a whole other set of hands, arms, feet, legs, elbows, which is really cool. Um, it's just so much, there's added sensory. It's just a lot of, you know, like usually when you have sex, it's like there's two sets of hands and there's two eyes, one mouth each. And you're kind of like, you know where the mouth is and you know where the hands are. When there's three, it's like there could be a, there's a sneaker hand. Next thing you know, like you thought you had all the hands on you but then there's a hand that snuck up on you and there's a mouth over here and it's just and it can rotate in so many different ways and it just kind of flows like one person can kind of lay back and watch when they want to watch and they can jump in when they want to jump in they can lay back and you know it's just a really um, I mean it's it's a, it's a very high sensory thing and when, it, when it's all fun um, and the vibe is cool it's pretty neat because it's just this is such contrasts of energy in that space even you know, like between me and you, like we have our own energy and our own dance. But in that space, there's like a whole nother different energy that we're all bringing out in each other just because it's just a different space. It's a different dance. It's a different rhythm. Um, you know, uh, being a voyeur is really cool. Um, you know, watching and just being an assistant. Um, you know, we can rotate around and take turns pleasing each person so that way everybody gets happy and gets attention and love. Like, it's never this power struggle of, like, no, you're, you're mine. Like, we just kind of can just be, when it's right, we can be in that space. Um, and it's neat. It's like my head under her leg under my arm under her toe. <laughs> and I never knew what Digital Underground meant until now. I'm like, oh, I get it. So it's neat. If you haven't had it, um, I hope you can sober. In a good, healthy with environment right with the right people. Um, it's neat. You know, it's like rapping in a cypher. Like, you know, one person you freestyle in session is cool. But when you get, like, another person that cyphers three of you and it's all bouncing around, it's like energy just picks up. And that, well, if you thought communication was important. Yeah. Communication is very important before, during, and after. It's a couple of times. Once you get to that space where you've, you've already laid the foundation, the vibe is cool then it's easy and you can flow and you can relax and just be yourself. Of course you want to communicate before and during so everybody's comfortable because, you know, if there's any fears or insecurities that you have in yourself, that arena will unearth them. Mm -hmm. That shit will come to the surface faster than you never knew. Um, but once you get past that and everyone's comfortable and trust that everybody who's in that space actually wants to be there and there's no ulterior motives, then it's a beautiful thing. Um, I waited 39 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to experience it and I'm kind of glad I did because I don't know <laughs> if it would have been done the right way if any of the other circumstances um, would have arised in that situation. So yeah, just a little tidbit. Um, 
Episode five, good, good job, good fun. Thank you for leading. It was awesome. You did a great job. Round of applause for her. Thank you. I will do it more often. Yeah, we turned up her microphone so people like our friend Denise can hear. Can you hear her now? Can you hear her now? Well, if it's not too long for her. Well, she can hear the first ten minutes before she falls asleep okay. after drinking her insure. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. Someone asked me like, are you only going to do four or five? Are you guys done? It's like, no, we're not going to, we're not done. This is just, it's just a conversation. Like we're never going to be done having a conversation. So I yeah. figure well, why not share with you. We're bringing pillow talk into this then, you know. Well, it's only going to get better guys. Trust me. By episode 10, I won't be able to get her to shut up. <laughs> She'll be like, oh, his dick is shaped. And sometimes shut if you tickle it this direction. Up. Jesus. <laughs> Who knows? Wow. Who knows where we'll be by episode 10. Um, but we will always be talking about love, relationships, sex, communication, trust, uh, dealing with self, soul controlling. Um, we'll go into finances and yeah, kids. All of that stuff. Relationship stuff. And those kids and finances have a dramatic effect on those. So mm -hmm. we'll see, who, sees, who knows what we might do the ne next episode. We might do, I have something in mind we've been talking about called tour life tour wife which is about the whole wacky wild world of being with somebody who's on who tours a lot or being with somebody who's gone a lot and what are some of the issues you know how do you do that in a positive healthy space and then how do you do that how do you adjust when that stops how do you adjust when that stops so maybe we'll do tour life tour wife <laughs> it sounds good and if we do that one i'll do some live performing because rappers rap all right Thank you guys for uh, tuning in. It is available on iTunes, of course, and Podomatic. You can follow us at the Black Russian Podcast on Instagram. Uh, our email is the same, the Black Russian Podcast at gmail.com. We always like to hear from you guys. Uh, we appreciate those of you who do respond, who participate in our surveys. I know more of you are listening than actually send emails, participate. We'd love to hear from you. Your voice is important. Raise a hand. Raise a hand, raise a voice. And like we always say, write your own damn vows. Write your own vows, write people. Write your own vows. Lean in, be brave, write your own vows, write your own script. That is it. The Black Russian Podcast, Episode 5. I am Tion Buku 1. I'm Yula. And we go bye-bye. See ya.
open I like the way you be with all that personality But I got flavor too You need to get with me Cause it's more than 20 ducats struck it Kinda rich, now his pockets looking straight Slam the D's on the benzo pancake by the gate Mom's looking straight with her half She got great lounging in her new home That's about the state I'll be your core mail motel You can get it when you want it Even though you got chicks all up on it Don't matter, cause brother you fly I can't lie, I've been macking daddy From the corner of my eye Now baby bring it on, don't be frontin' on your baby boo All I wanna know is what's up with you How can I get with you? Seems like you gotta hold on me and must be voodoo Cause baby I want you About so big, uh-huh. about so small, yeah. about this length, uh-huh. about this width, uh-huh. about this flow, Word. about this gift. Yeah. Instinctly and me right up your alleyway. Skip the moet, let's chill with some Alize. Enough stress in our day. Let me massage your mind as my mental starts to play. A ghetto sauce who you are, and I'll be your sexual chocolate ball. And I gotta keep strong for the cause, and you gotta keep strong for the tours. Brother, man, and me, damn the family. What else could we be with? No one understands us but we. You were the first to tame me. Uh, big teeth, <laughs> I'm out. I'll-